All right, Don, I'm ready. You want me to take the opening, huh? It's a two-fisted, quick-triggered marksman who shoots from the hip and never misses. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the 1952-1953 season of the Jack Benny Show. Tonight's episode is a racetrack episode. I love these episodes. It's going to have the tout. It's going to have a lot of great things going on. And it's one of the scripts that was so well done, of course, that they took it into the television show. And it's one of my favorite of all the television show scripts is the uh, racetrack out episode, which is in the current syndication package, which is cool. Um, it's not, I don't find, I don't think the racetrack episode of the television show is quite as good as the racetrack episodes of the radio show, but that's just kind of the way it is, but it's neat to see it in front of you instead of just hearing it, so if you ever get a chance to um, watch that episode, fun episode. Anyway, enjoy tonight's episode, we'll see you next week. The Jack Benny Program, transcribed and presented by Lucky Strike. You know, friends, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky Strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting, fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike! Lucky Strike! This is Don Wilson with an important word for you cigarette smokers. A great big word spelled T-A-S-T-E, the very basis of your smoking enjoyment. Yes, for real deep-down smoking enjoyment, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better, cleaner and fresher and smoother. The famous Lucky Strike taste begins with the fine, light, mild tobacco that goes into every single Lucky. You know, L-S-M-F-T, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Yes, and the true rich taste of that fine tobacco comes through to you because Luckies are made better, made round and firm and fully packed to draw freely and smoke evenly. So, friends, get the better taste that spells greater smoking enjoyment. Be happy. Go lucky. Make your next carton Lucky Strike. Luckies taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Perry Livingston, Rochester, Dennis Day, Bob Crosby, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, immediately after this radio program, Jack Benny will do his regular monthly TV show over the CBS television network. But first, let's go back to last Thursday. It's late morning at Jack's home in Beverly Hills. Hello? The telephone company? You want to install a phone here this afternoon? Are you sure you have the right address? Yes, this is 366 North Camden Drive, but there must be some mistake. Oh, the phone is for Rochester Van Jones. 
Well, let me find out about it, and I'll call you back. Goodbye. Hmm, I wonder why... Oh, Rochester! Rochester! Did you want me, boss? Yes, the, the telephone company just called. What's this about you ordering a phone in your name? Well, I figured it would be more convenient if we had two phones in the house. But that's silly. My phone should be enough. I talk on it very little. You can use it whenever you want to. I know, but I thought it might be a good idea to have another phone in case of emergency. But why? Suppose there is an emergency. You can use my phone. Yeah, but suppose the house is burning down and I haven't got any change. <laughs> Gee, I never thought of that. And besides, I'll be using the phone a lot from now on. It's the only way I'll be able to talk to my girlfriend, Susie. Why? What's wrong? Well, her father seems to have taken a dislike to me. But I thought you always got along so well with her family. What happened? The other night, Susie and I were sitting in the dark on the sofa watching television when her father came in and got awful mad. Why should that make him mad? They ain't got a television set. <laughs> Oh, oh. Say, look what time it is. I'm going out the racetrack today, and Miss Livingston isn't here yet. Boss, you've got plenty of time. The first race doesn't go on until one o'clock. I know, but I go to the races so seldom, I don't want to be late. Well, that must be Miss Livingston. Coming! Coming! Hello, Jack. Mary, you're late. Well, I'm sorry, Jack. I was leaving the house when I got a long-distance call from Mom and Papa. Oh, a phone call from your mother and father, huh? What did the bad and the beautiful have to say? <laughs> well, Mama said that Cousin Sylvia eloped last night. Sylvia? Mary? Mm-hmm. Gosh, it seems like only last summer I picked her up and bounced her on my knee. It was last summer. She's a midget. <laughs> oh. oh, so she got married, huh? Yeah, she married a man six feet two. No kidding. <laughs> Little Sylvia? Mm -hmm. Oh, but, Jack, a terrible thing happened. Right after the ceremony, as they turned to go back up the aisle, she took one step and broke her leg. How? She forgot she was standing on a box. <laughs> oh, that's awful. That must have been a sad wedding. Her mother was crying. Her father was crying. And I All was right, crying. all right. <laughs> I had to ask her how yet. Now, come on, Mary. Let's go to the races. I got a hot tip in the sixth race, a horse named Our Fancy. Our Fancy? Yeah, and I hope I win. I can sure use the money. Why? You've never used any before. <laughs> Mary, stop that. Now, come on. Let's get going. Uh, wait a minute, Jack. Isn't Dennis going with us? Well, certainly. Well, what are we supposed to do? Pick him up? No, no, he's here. Dennis! Dennis, where are you? I'm in the kitchen. Well, come on. Mary's here, and we're ready to go. Okay. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Dennis. Dennis, we're all ready to... Dennis, what's that you've got on your head? A sandwich. <laughs> A sandwich on your head? Yeah, everybody in Washington is wearing them. Dennis, that's Hamburg, not Hamburg. <laughs> now, take it off. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Here I am, all set to go to the races, and I haven't got any money. I better go down to my vault and get some. I'll be back in a few minutes. Hmm. 
The rain must be leaking in somewhere. The moat is so full. Glad to see you're looking so well. Thank you. How are things on the outside world? Oh, pretty exciting right now, Ed. We just inaugurated a new president. Uh, a new president? Yes. Gosh. I can still remember the words of the last one. Four score and seven years ago, our father brought forth upon this continent a new... No, 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 Ed. We've had many presidents since then, you know. By the way, Ed, have I wished you a Merry Christmas? Yes, and I want to thank you for the Christmas present. It was just what I wanted. A camera. <laughs> you don't know how much I enjoy it. But, Ed, it's so dark down here. I can't understand why you'd want a camera. You can't take pictures. I know, but the click breaks the monotony. <laughs> oh. On New Year's Eve, I took a double exposure. <laughs> At midnight? Who knows? <laughs> well, excuse me, Ed. I've got to get some money. I'm going to open the safe. Now, let's see. The combination is right to 45, left to 60, back to 15, then left to 110. There. <laughs> well, I guess I'll take about fifty dollars. That'll be enough. <laughs> well, I got to be going along now. So long, Ed. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Oh, I almost forgot. Ed, since this is a new year, I brought you this Marilyn Monroe calendar. Here. Thanks. Gee, the colors are nice, but what is it? <laughs> well, I'll explain it to you some other time, Ed. I'm in a hurry. Just, just hang it up. Okay. Goodbye, Ed. Goodbye, Mr. Benny. Gee, I didn't have the heart to tell him, but he hung it upside down. <laughs> oh, well, I better hurry. Okay, kids, I'm ready. Let's go. Oh, Mr. Benny, while you were down the vault, the CBS uh, publicity department called. 
Uh, they want to know what kind of television show you're going to do this time. Oh, darn Now I'll have to call them back. Uh, no, you don't, Mr. Benny. I told you we were going to do a very classy show with a 60-piece symphony orchestra. A symphony orchestra, Jack? Yeah. Oh, it'll be wonderful. You know, I even tried to get a world-famous pianist like, like Rubenstein. Oh, he'd be great. Yeah, he's almost as good as Liberace. <laughs> Never mind. Now, come on, kids. Let's go. Dennis, where's your hat? I ate it. I don't mean that. <laughs> All right, kids, I'll be ready in a minute. Oh, but Mr. Benny, don't you want to hear the song I'm going to do on the program? You listen to it, Mary, while I get the car out of the garage. interested in the sixth race. Our fancy can't miss. Say, Mary, let's go get a... Oh, no, look who's coming, that racetrack tower. Uh, where? Hiya, bud. Long time. <laughs> no see. Hello, hello. Come on, Mary, let's get away from <laughs> Mary, let's go get a hot dog. Huh? But, Jack, we're in the clubhouse. Why not have lunch? Well, all right. Oh, waiter! Waiter! Yeah. 
we'd like to get something to eat. What would you suggest? Another waiter. I can't stand you. <laughs> I don't care whether you can or not. Now, what can we get in a hurry? Well, we have roast pork, corned beef, leg of lamb, sirloin tips, and bacon and eggs. Mm, bacon and eggs. Sounds good. Are the eggs fresh? Ooh, are they? <laughs> oh, well, I'll have that. How about you, Mary? Would you like bacon and eggs? Ooh, what I? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, just, uh, just bring us our orders, waiter, as quickly as you can. Uh, yes, sir, and I'll seat you at table number one. Uh, that's right over there. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, the last race was a photo finish, but you won't know the results till tomorrow. That's strange. The picture turned out so good that we've decided to show it at your neighborhood theater. <laughs> now, Mary, let's look over the list of entries for the next race. I want to see if hey, the... Bun. Bun. Huh? Come here a minute. <laughs> Me? Yeah. What is it? You gonna eat here? Yeah. What table? Table one. Uh-uh. <laughs> what? Take number nine. Well, look, I'm very happy with table one. Well, think it over, bud. Number one is a card table. A card table? Yeah. If it carries too much weight, its legs will fold. <laughs> Gee, I never thought of that. So you think I ought to take no, table number nine? Well, certainly. Look at the breeding. The breeding? It's by Bird's Eye Maple out of Grand Rapids. <laughs> Gosh, I didn't think they even knew each other. Get wise, bud. Think it over. Look, I'm not... Go Wait a minute. This is the first time I've run into you at a racetrack. Why don't you give me a tip on a horse? Who knows about horses? <laughs> what? So long, sucker. Hmm. Mary, Mary, have you figured out yet what You're horse... You're making an eggs already. I put them on table number one. Number one, do you think I'm a sucker? We'll eat at table number nine. Table nine? The shiny mahogany one? Yes. I'm sorry, but you can't eat at that table. Why not? It was scratch. Now cut that up! <laughs> I don't know why you had to be our waiter. You make me sick. Well, you're not penicillin to me either. <laughs> Come on, Mary. We'll eat at the counter. Attention, please. We have a late change. Horse number seven, little lady, will not run in the next race. As she left the paddock, she broke a leg. I wonder how that happened. She forgot she was standing on a box. <laughs> how do you like that? The jockey was crying. <laughs> Watch the rain, I was crying. When I was crying. 
Come on, Mary. We'll eat at the counter. Uh, who's next? I am. I'd like a hamburger. Jack, there's Don at the counter. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. One hamburger. Coming up. Oh, hold it. Hold it, mister. Hold it. I want to tell you how to make it. Wait a minute, Mary. This I have to listen to. Now, before you put the hamburger on the grill, I want you to make the patty round and firm and fully packed. I have a feeling that this is leading to something. <laughs> With uh, relish? Oh, yes. And be free and easy on the ketchup. Onion? Not if it makes hot spots that burn harsh and dry. Say, that really is clever. Lettuce? Yes, but trim it. I don't want to have any loose ends. If Harry Bonzel ever heard about this, he'd kill himself. Uh, now, let me see if I got it right. You want the hamburger round and firm and fully packed. Free and easy on the ketchup and lettuce with no loose ends. That's right. Look, mister, you don't want a hamburger. You want a package of Lucky Strikes. That's exactly what I want. You see, Mary? Because nothing, no nothing, tastes better than a Lucky Strike. That Don is a humdinger. <laughs> the horses for the sixth race are now in the paddock. Jack, are you still going to bet on our fancy? Well, of course. That horse will not only win the race today, he'll probably set a new track record. Uh, how much are you going to bet? I don't know. I wonder how much weight our fancy is carrying. I wonder who the jockey is. Jack, if you'd buy a 15-cent program, you'd know. <laughs> well, I don't have to buy a program. I'll go over to the information desk and find out. You wait here, Mary. Okay. Pardon me, mister, but how much weight is our fancy carrying? I don't know. <laughs> well, what's the name of the jockey? I don't know. <laughs> Well, how long's the race going to be? I don't know. <laughs> well, for heaven's sake, if you don't know anything about the races, what are you doing behind that desk? I had to get behind something. I lost my pants. <laughs> well, of all the silly... Jack, Jack. What is it, Mary? Did you get the information you wanted? No, darn it. I came to the track to bet on our fancy, and that's what I'm going to do. And Dennis... Yeah? This is your first time at the races, so take a tip from me. Put your money on our fancy. Our fancy? Let me see. That's uh, number eight. That's right. Well, that's not for me. I already bet on number 12. Number 12? What's the horse's name? Who cares about his name? It's the number that's important. That's my system. Dennis, you've got a system? Yeah, sure. Well, Dennis, according to your system, how come you bet on number 12? Well, the horse is carrying 116 pounds. He's running in the sixth race, so I added six to 116, which gave me 122. This is 1953. Nine and one is 10, plus five is 15, and three are 18. I added 18 to 122, which makes 140. This is the fourth week of the month, so I divided four into 140, and that makes 35. Uh huh. Then I subtracted my age, which is 26, and 26 from 35 leaves nine. Uh huh. And then I added three and bet on number 12. <laughs> Wait a minute, Dennis. I followed you all the way down to nine. Why did you add three? Well, how else can you get to 12? <laughs> yeah, yeah, how else? Now, come on, let's go over to the $5 window. And... Hey, Mary, Mary, look down there. Where? Down that aisle. Isn't that Mr. Paley? Oh, yeah. Well, come on, let's go over and talk to him. Jack, he came to the track to enjoy himself. Now, leave him alone. But, Mary, I'm a big star on CBS, and he's the head of the network. If he knew I was here and didn't stop to say hello, he'd be heartbroken. Come on. Mr. Paley! Mr. Paley! Huh? Oh, hello, Jack. Hello, Mary. Hello, Mr. Paley. 
Say, Mr. Paley, what horse are you betting on in this... And now... Coming out on the track are the horses for the sixth race. Mr. Paley, have you picked your horse yet for the next race? Yes, Jack. I'm betting on Aviatrix. Well, look, Mr. Paley, forget about Aviatrix. Put your money on our fancy. He'll win by eight lengths. Well, Jack, my mind is made up. I'm going to play Aviatrix. But look, Mr. Paley, it's silly to come out here and just bet on any horse, especially after driving six hours to get to the track. In my car, it's 40 minutes. (laughs) Well, look, Mr. Paley... I've been studying these horses all season, and I know what I'm talking about. Our fancy can't lose. I'm sorry, Jack, but I'm going to bet on Aviatrix. Well, okay, Mr. Paley, it's your dough, but don't say I didn't tell you. The horses are nearing the starting gate. Well, I'm going up the window and make my bet. Five dollars on the nose. Say, uh, Mary. Uh, Yes, Mr. Paley? I've been thinking if Jack is going to bet five dollars on a horse, he must know something. Mm. That's what I think. Yeah. I'm going to change my bet. I'm going to put $100 on our fancy. Well, Mr. Paley, would you do me a favor? Put $2 on our fancy for me. Okay, Mary. The horses are in the starting gate. Gee, I'm glad I got to the window in time. Now they're all lined up in the gate. They'll start as soon as they can quiet Silverado. He's dancing around a bit. So is Blue Reading. Gee, both of them dancing? (laughs) It takes two to tango. What? And there they go. Oh, Mr. Paley, Mr. Paley, come on. The race is starting. Here I am, Mary. Going into the first turn. Uh, it's Wild Glory in the front. Uh, a Colorado is second. Uh, a Silverado is third. Uh, Aviatrix is fourth. Uh, and our fancy. Come on, come on, our fancy. I wonder what happened to Jack. Coming around the far turn. Uh, it's still Wild Glory in front. Colorado is second, uh, Silverado is third, uh, our fancy is now fourth by half a length, uh, and surplus. Come on, our fancy, our fancy! I placed my bet, and here I am. Driving down the home stretch, uh, it's Silverado in front, uh, while Gloria is second, uh, our fancy is third, uh, and here come contribution and aviatrix. Come on, come on! And now, coming into the finish line, it's Silverado, a contribution, and a wild glory. And coming up fast on the outside is Aviatrix. It's Silverado and Aviatrix. It's Silverado and Aviatrix. Now Aviatrix is pounding hard. They cross the finish line, and it's Aviatrix, the winner by half a length. Mr. Paley! Mr. Paley, we won! We won! What do you mean, we won? I bet on your horse, Aviatrix. You what? <laughs> Jack, do you mean to tell me that when you left here, you didn't bet on our fancy? No, you talked me out of it. Mr. Paley, what are you so unhappy about? Jack Benny, I bet on the horse you gave me. You did? Mr. Paley, how could you be so silly? Ooh. Mary, you shouldn't have done that. He's wearing glasses. <laughs> Well, that serves him right. Mr. Paley, will you please drive me home? (laughs) 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back in a minute to tell you about my television program, which goes on immediately after this show. But first, here's something I'd like to say, and it's really appropriate at this time. This week is YMCA week, a time to remember that our YMCA is always working for our youth, teaching boys love of God and country. Let's say thanks to our YMCA for the help they're giving us in raising our youngsters. But first, a word to every cigarette smoker. You know, folks, nothing, no nothing beats better taste. And remember... Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. For Lucky's strike means fine tobacco, richer tasting, fine tobacco. Lucky's taste better. Cleaner, fresher, smoother. Lucky strike, lucky strike. Obviously, friends, the better the taste of your cigarette, the more you enjoy it, because nothing, no nothing, beats better taste. And Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, and smoother. Just listen to this and draw your own conclusions. A nationwide survey based on actual student interviews in 80 leading colleges reveals that more smokers in these colleges prefer Lucky's than any other cigarette, by a wide margin, too. And the number one reason the students gave for smoking Lucky's was better taste. Now, friends, that same better taste and the great enjoyment it brings you is yours every time you light a Lucky. So be happy. Go Lucky. Next time, ask for a carton of Lucky Strike. Be happy. Go Lucky. Get better taste today. Ladies and gentlemen, I was going to tell you about my television show, but we're a little late, so tune in and watch it. Good night, folks. Jack Benny program this week was written by Milt Josephsberg, John Tackerberry, Al Gordon, Hal Goldman, and produced and transcribed by Hilliard Mark. Be sure to hear The American Way with Horace Height for Lucky Strike every Thursday over this same station. Consult your newspaper for the time. Jack Benny program is brought to you by Lucky Strike, product of the American Tobacco Company, America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes. This is the CBS Radio Network. Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, and first in television, presents transcribed the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. For your enjoyment, here is the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Robert North, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Walter Sharp and his music, and yours truly, Bill Foreman. Now the stars of the RCA Victor program, Alice Faye and Phil Harris. The exciting news about television is RCA Victor's new line of sets. Again this year, RCA Victor brings you the big advances in television. Every new set is five ways finer for 53. Yet prices still start at only $199.95. Word about these great new sets has reached Phil. 
So he's very flattered when the board of directors of the RCA Victor Company ask him to come down to their office on a matter of importance. Phil is positive it concerns the 1953 TV line and has taken Elliot along to the director's meeting to impress him with his importance. Curly, why should the board of directors want you at their meeting? Well, uh, RCA Victor's just coming out with their 1953 television sets and they probably want my final okay on the technical details such as the electrical circuits and uh, stuff like that there. <laughs> Since when do you know anything about electricity? Since when? I learned it all from my father. He was a pioneer in the field. Long before they even invented electricity, Daddy used to come home lit. <laughs> he was known in those days as Glowworm Harris. <laughs> First time they saw him going around the revolving door, they got the idea for the lighthouse. <laughs> Great dad, old dad. There was the day that he got all caught right, in that... All right, all right, all right. Here's the director's office. Let's go in. Look, Elliot, just remember that these are our bosses, so act like gentlemen, yeah. because I want to make a good impression, huh? All right. All right, let's go in. And so, gentlemen of the board... I'm of the definite opinion that the TV set we're putting out this year is the best set on the market today. You can bet your wife on that. Anything our company makes is bound to be good. I beg your pardon. Yes, sir. If there's one thing we know how to make, it's television sets. And I want to go on record as saying... Please, we're having a meeting. This is absolutely the greatest thing that's happened to the American public since the non-skid bar race. <laughs> Just a moment. Who are you? What are you doing here? Well, you sent for me. I worked for you. Oh, we're busy now. Come back later and clean the ashtrays. <laughs> Look, I'm Phil Harris. I don't clean no ashtrays. What do you clean? <laughs> I don't clean nothing. Maybe you didn't hear me, sir. I'm Phil Harris. Phil Harris. The name sounds familiar. Phil Har... Oh, of course. You're Alice Faye's husband. <laughs> well, if I'm not, we're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Harris, we've asked you down here on a matter of importance and... Oh, but first, I want you to meet one of the big cogs in our organization. This is Mr. Prescott of our home office in Camden. Oh, how do you do, sir? I've heard a lot about you, and I'm, I'm honored to make the acquaintance of a man of your business, Saganacity. <laughs> How do you do, Harris? Yes, sir. It certainly is an honor, Mr. Prescott. Oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Prescott, I want uh, you to meet my associate, uh, Mr. Lewis. How do you do, Lewis? Hi, Baldy. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please be more respectful? Mr. Prescott is a big shot with this organization. Do you realize that he's the first vice president in charge of channel selector knobs? <laughs> Mr. Prescott has one of the finest minds in Camden. Well, thank you. And it ain't limited to Camden. It takes in Newark, Passaic, and parts of Perth Amboy. <laughs> that's, that's very comical. <laughs> <laughs> now look, Harris, I called you down here for a reason Our 1953 line of TV sets have just been released 
And we want you to help us out. Well, you've come to the right man. Uh, by the way, I have some excellent ideas for cabinet designs. Uh, have you ever thought, Mr. Prescott, of uh, making a table model TV set with the picture tube underneath? Underneath? What's that for? Bar rooms. <laughs> you know, all them guys lying under the tables have got to have something to look at. <laughs> It's pretty dull just lying there looking up at all that chewing gum. <laughs> then there's my idea for the three-sided Never set. mind, this never is... mind, Harris. We don't want your advice. All we want you to do is to go downtown and make a personal appearance at an apartment store this afternoon in conjunction with the unveiling of our new line of sets. You? You expect a high-priced star like me to go all the way downtown and make a personal appearance at a department store? Yes, I do. Will you pay my car fare? <laughs> I'll pay it one way. <laughs> I have a wonderful sales promotion idea. I want you to appear at the store, sign a few autographs, and sing a few songs, and maybe park a few cars. <laughs> and I have something I want Miss Faye to do. Oh, Miss Faye, huh? Oh, fine. I suppose you want her to, uh, to appear in a bathing suit. Say, it's a wonderful idea. <laughs> we'll have Miss Faye sit on top of a television set in a bathing suit. We'll take pictures, and we'll have them appear all over the country. We'll have her sitting on top of a 21-inch set. A 21-inch? You better make that 27. It's closer to her size. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Mr. Prescott, we want to do everything we can to help RCA Victor. But I ain't going to let my wife appear in a bathing suit. And there ain't nothing you can say that's going to make me change my mind. Option time is getting close, you know I don't care what... What time you want her suited up <laughs> I knew you'd see it my way Now, I want you and your wife at the Beverly Hills department store at 2 o'clock And you'd better be there Because I'm coming down a little later to check up on you Yeah, yeah, all right, all right Very well, Mr. Prescott Come on, Elliot Yeah it's a fine thing. Mm -hmm. I got to appear in a department store, and I got to get my wife to wear a bathing suit. And if I don't, I'm going to get fired. Curly, Alice is going to refuse to do this when you go home and tell I her. I ain't going to tell her, and I ain't going home. <laughs> I'll call her and tell her to meet me down at the department store. And then when she gets there, I'll think of some excuse to get her into a bathing suit. I don't want to hear that excuse. <laughs> and on top of that, you'll have to think of some excuse to entertain the customers. I don't need any excuse for that. Oh? They love to hear me sing, and it'll give me a chance to plug one of my RCA Victor records. Hey, that reminds me. Have you heard my 8th Street Association barbecue? No. How come? I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. <laughs> well, your luck has just run out. You're going to hear this. Oh, oh. Here's 
an invitation to a celebration tomorrow night at Lyceum Hall. Go get your glad rags pressed and wear your two-tone vest to the H Street Association Barbecue and Fancy Dress Bar. Boogie Woogie Thumpin' starts the joint a-jumpin' and all them cats is climbing the wall. The party really goes cause things is really froze at the 8th Street Association Barbecue and Fancy Dress Ball. There the hardy-tardy meets the harpalotty. This affair's really bon time. The function goes from 10 until they say amen. How they carry on. Grab your sweetest honey, and if you lack the money, the building loan will welcome you call. It only costs an ace to grab yourself some space at the H Street Association Barbecue and Fancy Dress Ball. Now when it's 12 o'clock, they have the grand parade And when it's 1 a.m., that famous masquerade And when it's 2 a.m., the festive board is spread With the punch bowl, the spare ribs, and the homemade bread It's pushing 4 a.m., the festive board is clean They start to cast the votes to find a beauty queen And when it's chiming five, the folks resume their jive They call the man, they want the man They want the leader of that band Grab your sweetest honey, and if you lack the money, that building loan will welcome you call. It only costs an ace to grab yourself some space at the 8th Street Association Barbecue. And Fancy Dress Ball Amalgamated, that Fancy Dress Ball Consolidated, Old Fancy Dress Ball Incorporated, the 8th Street Association Barbecue, and Fancy Dress B A Double L. Alice, Alice, will you please stand still so I can see how you look in that bathing suit? How do you think she looks, Elliot? Ethereal. But I feel silly. Phil, why did you drag me down to a department store in January to try on bathing suits? What's behind it? Nothing's behind it. Gee whiz. Can't a guy buy his wife a present for Groundhog Day without her being suspicious? <laughs> Groundhog Day? Yeah. Surprise? Happy Groundhog Day to you. Happy Groundhog Day to you. Happy Groundhog Day, dear Alice. Happy Ground H O G to you. I don't know what this is all about, but I'm going into the dressing room to take this suit off and put my. But Alice, on. you can't take the suit off. Let her don't go, take Curly. The... Curly, let her go. She won't dare take that bathing suit off. How do you know? I hid her clothes. <laughs> That's a dirty trick to play on my wife. But a job is a job. <laughs> now all you have to do is get her over to the television department. That ain't gonna be hard. 
Bill, Bill, call the manager. Get the floor walker. Somebody stole my clothes. They did. Now, don't get excited, honey. Look, I'll go look for him. And while I'm looking for him, you relax. Just relax. I'll tell you what you do. Go over to the television department and sit on a 21-inch set. <laughs> Bill, I can't walk through a department store in just a bathing suit. It'll be terribly embarrassing. What's to be embarrassed about? You're just sensitive. I'll tell you what, Elliot and I will walk over with you. Well, all right, and I'd better walk between the two of you so nobody will notice me. Hell, I feel ridiculous in this bathing suit. Everybody in the store is looking at me. They're staring at me. Yeah, yeah, they are. Maybe you better take them frogmen flippers off. <laughs> I'm not wearing flippers. Oh. <laughs> Funny, I never noticed you had green feet before. <laughs> oh, oh, it's your shoes. Oh. <laughs> hey, Curly, here's the television department. Good. Now, all we have to do is... How do you do, wa- folks? I suppose you're here to see our new RCA Victor television sets. Well, not exactly. You see, RCA sent us down. They wanted to have a couple of celebrities here for the unveiling of their new sets. And I'm Phil Harris, and this lady here I is... I know. Uh, Annette Kellerman. <laughs> Now, look, miss. Awfully uh, nice of you to swim down to look at our sets, Miss Kellerman. Mister, this ain't Annette Kellerman. It's Gertrude Ed... No, Buster Crab. No, look, mister. We're the stars of the RCA Victor show, and Mr. Prescott asked us to come down and help with the sales of the new television sets. We don't need any help. Why, do you know more RCA Victor television sets are sold than any other television set? Oh, Spen- And no wonder. They're five ways finer. They have wonderful new features, such as the improved deep Mm -hmm. image picture tube, the magic monitor circuit system, Mm -hmm. the long-distance reception, and the new automatic UHF-VHF tuner. Elliot, go get us a beer. The commercial's on. (laughs) I am not finished. Oh, pray continue. We also have a new, much wider range of cabinets, such as the Wayne, Kirby, Doville, Lexington, Stockton, Yorktown, Kenbridge... Anaheim, Azusa, and Coop... Come on, <laughs> Don't you think they've milked that gag enough? <laughs> Look, mister, we're not here to see the sets, you see I'm Phil Harris, and this oh, is... Oh, yes, Harris Mr. Prescott called and told me to expect you Now, I'll go get the photographer Meantime, Annette, uh, you climb up on top of our Jeffrey model What for? For the publicity pictures I'll be right back and please watch my department for me while I'm gone. Oh, I'll be glad to, and I'll try to sell a lot of sets, and I'll... So tab- that's why you got me down here in a bathing suit. I'm not posing on top of any television set, and Honey, if you Honey, please, you've one... got to do it, or I'm going to lose my job. Just a couple of pictures. Oh, all right. Help me up on this set. Okay. Mm. Hmm. i got to pose for cheesecake yet. <laughs> hey, you look good up there, Alice. Yeah, she looks all right, but honey, wait a minute, pose a little Look, just rest your arms on there so, you know, as though you're kind of feeling the fin... Hey, wait a minute, better yet, I got an idea Stretch your arms way up over your head and make a V, like for Victor That's it I beg your pardon, my husband and I would like to buy a television set What's this model called? This is our uh, Jeffrey model, lady Well, I think this is a very nice cabinet Do you like it, Henry? Well, I... Wow, E. <laughs> Holy Savannah, get a load of that lovely antenna. <laughs> uh, 
I'll take that one. Henry, before we buy it, we ought to see if it gets a good picture. Oh, who cares? <laughs> With an antenna shaped like that, who's going to look at the picture? <laughs> Why are you so fascinated by that odd-looking antenna? I think it's built very peculiarly. No cracks about my wife's figure. <laughs> you had two children, you wouldn't look any Never. <laughs> I don't come with the set Oh, I'm sorry, miss I didn't realize you were a woman <laughs> I did <laughs> Is she standard equipment with this set? No well, In that case, I'm not interested now, now, wait a minute Don't be hasty, mister uh, um, I'll tell you what If you buy this set I'll have her come over to your house Three times a week And sit on top of it is there room up there for both of us? <laughs> That's enough And as for you, mister You should be ashamed of yourself Allowing your wife to make a spectacle of herself I think it's disgraceful I don't mind it <laughs> You don't? Well, how would you like to see me Sitting up there in a bathing suit? Please, dear, I just ate <laughs> Why don't we buy this set? I won't buy anything from this man We'll go someplace else and buy our RCA Victor set Come along, Henry Yes, dear <clears throat> Stick around, Blondie I'll be back later without her <laughs> oh, I can't wait <laughs> Nice selling job, fellas We'd better get out of here before you ruin this store's business No, now, honey, you've got to take those pictures And besides, I've made up my mind that I'm going to sell some sets And make an impression on Prescott when he gets here because all I need is some people around here to sell to And some way to start them buying And if I could don't... Hey, Elliot hmm? I got an idea What? Now, look I want you to disappear for a little while And then come back when there's a crowd around And make believe that you're uh, 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 a farmer from, uh, from Iowa And you're anxious to buy a set Iowa, huh? Okay, Curling Okay, now beat it while I get a crowd around Yeah, all right How are you going to do that? It's a sense You're going to sing and attract them This is ridiculous and I refuse to sit up here in a bathing suit and sing. You will sing or I'll turn on the cooling system. I'll sing. Why don't we go walking tonight while the moon is shining? The lovely light you can tell at a glance. It's a night for romance. Oh, the night is long, the skies are clear. And if you want to go walking, dear, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's delightly. I understand the reason why you're sentimental, cause so am I. It's delightful, it's delicious, it's delightly. You can tell at a glance what a swell night this is for romance. You can hear the mother nature murmur in let yourself go, so please be sweet, my ticket dear. And when I kiss you, just say to me, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's delectable, it's delirious, it's dilemma, it's dilemma, it's deluxe, it's delovely. It's delightful, it's delicious, it's delectable, it's delirious, and the night is young, the skies are clear. And if you want to go walking, dear, it's delightful, it's delicious, it's lovely. I understand the reason. 
reason why you're sentimental Cause so am I It's delightful, it's delicious, it's still lovely You can tell at a glance What a swell night this is for romance You can hear dear Mother Nature murmuring low Let yourself go Please be sweet, my chickadee And when I kiss you, just say to me It's delightful, delicious, delectable, mm, delirious It's the limit, it's the limit, it's deluxe, it's the love Hey, that was nice going, Alice. Look at that crowd, you big crowd you just drew. Hey, you should sing more often in a bathing suit. Bill. Bill, can I get down off this television set Not now? Not yet. Now stay up here until I sell a few sets. Hey, honey, yeah. get a load of this sales talk. <clears throat> All right, folks, step in a little closer. Each and every one of you, especially that old man from Iowa there who... He ain't here yet. <laughs> Always late. Well, this time we're offering for your approval... Our new 1953 models. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody wants an RCA Victor television set. Men, women, and especially children. I defy you to name me anything that a school child would rather have. A license to play hooky. <laughs> this kid's like chlorophyll. You find him in everything. <laughs> Julius, please don't louse me up. If I don't sell these sets, my sponsor's gonna let me go. Oh, I didn't know, Mr. Harris. In that case, I'll do everything in my power to help you. Out. <laughs> you can help me until my man from Iowa gets here. When I make my sales pitch, just act impressed. Okay. Folks, I don't have to tell you how wonderful this set is. Just look at it. Doesn't it do something to you? Heavens, yes! I can't bear to look at its dazzling beauty. It's more than human flesh can stand. Ooh, the ecstasy. Oh, the torment. Ooh, them pains. <laughs> easy, boy, easy. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the lad is carried away, but you can't blame him. I guarantee that you, too, will fall in love with this set. That's right. The first time my uncle saw one, he fell in love with it. He did? Yeah, and it was a beautiful romance. He left my aunt and married the set. <laughs> they now have two little table models One named Wayne and the other named Kirby Glad And a console is on its way You know with this set that could happen? And if you don't believe me, ask anybody Anybody from Iowa I said anybody from Iowa I wonder if he dropped dead <laughs> Folks, you don't need anybody to tell you that this set is beautiful. It's so graceful. It's so lovely. And, and oh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to write a poem about it. Don't bother. I already did. Breeds there a man with soul so dead who never to himself has said, this is my own, my native set, an RCA victor I want for to get. <laughs> Want for to get? Thank you, Henry Wadsworth Fink. <laughs> Folks, I want to call your attention to one particular set that I know you'll want to buy. It's a special cabinet. I want you to notice the colorful woods used in it. 
It's maple and walnut with cherry knobs and has a cream trim. I'll take that. Shall I deliver it? No, I'll eat it here. <laughs> well, don't stand there, Mac. I said I'll take the set. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, son, but this is the only model we have of this kind, and maybe one of the other people here would like to buy this set. Uh, would uh, somebody else like to buy this set? I'd like to buy it by Cracky. It's pretty as a speckled dog in a little red wagon. That's the way I like to hear you talk. It's a lousy dialect, but that's the way I like to hear you talk. Where are you from, mister? Broken Elbow, Nevada. Broken Elbow, Nevada? I thought you were from Iowa. They made me move on account of my dialect. <laughs> Glad you dropped in Yeah, well, I would have been here sooner But I've been sightseeing Stopped off in Yellowstone to see Old Faithful Dernest sight I ever saw That son of a gun shoots up in the air Every hour on the hour <laughs> Looks like a busted water hose <laughs> Thank you, Spade Cooley <laughs> Well, folks, you see the interest created in this set would somebody else like to buy it? They can't have it. I already bought it. I seed it first, and I'm going to get it. I'll be going to learn if you are hard, doggies. <laughs> oh, now I got Lum and Abner. <laughs> Gentlemen, just a moment. Maybe somebody else would like to buy this they set. They can't have it. I'm taking it right now. Get your hands off of my set, boy. I will not. I got it first, and I'm taking it. Let Go of it. I'm a taking this to Iowa. Oh, stop pulling this at you two. You're gonna not look out. It's starting to all <laughs> You're right, Mr. Harris. I think we ought to let somebody else buy this set. <laughs> How are you gonna explain this to Mr. Prescott when he gets here? I'm not here? waiting to explain. We're gonna get out of here fast. Come on, Alice. Let's go. Well, I can't go out in the street in this bathing suit. Where are my clothes? I don't know. Elliot, where did you hide them? Well, I didn't exactly hide them, Curly. Well, what did you do with them? Those are my good clothes. I want them back. Now, don't Elliot. get excited, I Alice. I'll get them I... back just as soon as, as... As soon as what? As soon as I find the woman I sold them to. Folks, this is Phil again. The mission of the National Blood Program is to obtain sufficient quantities of blood to continue to meet the immediate needs for blood of the armed forces and civilians and at the same time build a plasma reserve large enough and mobile enough to see us through any national emergency. If blood is to be available when and where needed in saving the lives of our ill and our injured, the National Blood Program will require the support of the entire population. All types of blood are needed. So call your local Red Cross for an appointment to make your donation. Thanks, and good night. Good night, everybody. Included in this program transcribed were Dick Elliott, Gail Bonney, Bob Sweeney, Bob Jellison, and Herb Butterfield. The part of Julius was played by Walter Tetley. As you have just heard, the new line of RCA Victor Television is now at your RCA Victor dealers. 
Remember, again in 1953, RCA Victor brings you the big advances in television. New automatic magic monitor circuit system, improved deep image picture tube, and the greatest range of cabinet styles and finishes in RCA Victor history. RCA Victor Television is five ways finer for 53, yet prices start at only $199.95. See new 1953 RCA Victor TV at your dealers tomorrow. Next, hear Theatre Guild on the air over NBC. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny. Well, you're in for a great episode of Jack Benny today. Um, it's been a little while since we've had a Jack Benny episode. I have so many other shows that we've been playing. But uh, this particular episode, I thought I would come on and talk about because it's got so much going on on this episode. First of all, uh, since Phil's been gone for a number of weeks now, off in the Merchant Marines, um, we've had a number of guest conductors. Um, usually, uh, Abe Lyman and Benny Goodman have been kind of taking turns back and forth. And today, uh, we'll have the first episode of two episodes that will feature um, the McFarland brothers. Um, they're twins, I guess, and the McFarland twins uh, apparently started their career in the 30s, and then in the 40s uh, kind of um, conducted their own band. And uh, they do a, a, a great job of the whole... Um, kind of that twin stereotype of talking at the same time. And in this episode, they use that a lot and have a lot of fun with it. So um, I very much enjoyed the performance on this episode, and I hope you do too. They're definitely um, uh, two conductors that um, have over time uh, been more forgotten than others. I mean, it was hard for me to find. There, I could only find two pictures of them even on the Internet and couldn't find any write-up over on uh, Wikipedia or anything, but I did luckily found uh, a little bit about them. So um, they sound like a fun pair. It's, it's um, too bad they maybe didn't have them on a little bit more. Anyway, enjoy them. Schlepperman's going to be on this episode. Uh, Dennis Dade is a little ad-libbing, which cracks Jack up. I love that. And... Um, we get a chance to um, have the um, hillbilly Jack Dennis thing going on. Dennis gets to be an old man in part of the episode. I like that. Um, I love when uh, they let Dennis loose on some voices. And um, on top of that, it's uh, the um, skit is from um, oh shoot, what oh uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington which, of course, is a, uh, a near and dear um, Jimmy Stewart performance that I just love. So it's neat to hear them spoofing uh, that show as well, that movie. So all around, a great episode, a lot of fun things to listen in on. And um, I hope you enjoy it and have a good time. And we will 
uh, talk to you some more later. Um, I hope you enjoyed today's command performance that we put up with Bob Hope and Joan Blondell and Lena Horne and Ginny Sims, as well as before that we had um, we had a lot of good stuff lately. The Eddie Cantor um, show with George Raft, who was famous for um, for being the gangster in the gangster movies. And apparently he was fairly illiterate, and so he couldn't, had trouble reading the scripts and knowing what scripts were good scripts and bad scripts. And when he was leaving the studio, um, they said, okay, well, we'll give you $10,000, you know, if you're, since you're leaving a severance pay sort of thing. And he thought it meant that they, he had to write them a check for $10,000. So he wrote, the, he wrote the studio a check. And so they, I guess, net saved themselves $20,000. <laughs> anyway, um, and then some of the parts he turned down uh, were amazing. Um, High Sierra, Maltese Falcon, maybe Casablanca. And also, um, he turned on Double Indemnity, which, of course, uh, was a famous role for um, Murray, uh, Frank McMurray. Anyway, not, not Frank McMurray. Who am I thinking? <laughs> anyway, I can't remember. Um, and let's see, what else do we have recently? Oh, and I just love the Al Jolson shows. I think have been a lot of fun. And... Uh, and of course, so have the a uh, lot of great shows with Eddie Cantor. Um, so it's just been interesting to to hear all these shows, and I, and I thank you to all the folks who've sent in all the nice comments about our um, War Years presentations, and all you folks who've made donations. Later on uh, on the Sunday performance, I'll go through all the people who've made donations and and things recently. Um, very nice. Uh, and of course, if you want to get to me, it's buckbennyotr at, at gmail.com. So email me uh, and let me know what you think of my shows. Also, we have 23 reviews out there on um, iTunes. If you're an iTunes person and you know how to write a review, I would love to have to get that up to 25 reviews, just a couple more people, and that'd be awesome. So if you want to write a review on my podcast, please do. And until next time, enjoy this great episode of Jack Benny. Christmas Flakes program, coming to you from Fort Meade, Maryland, and starring Jack Benny. With Mary Livingston, Dennis Day, Rochester, yours truly, Don Wilson, and one of the country's newest dance bands, the McFarland Twins and their orchestra. Playwright, your old friend Don Shakespeare Wilson presents a serial serial in three acts. Each act will star America's beloved serial treat, sweet as a nut, grape nuts flakes. The serial folks fall in love with at the very first bite. Act one, the scene is breakfast. Mom, Pop, and Little Willie are seated at the breakfast table. And notice, please, in the spotlight, a big 12-ounce economy-sized package of delicious, malty, rich grape nuts flakes. Act two, the next day and it's lunchtime. Pop's just come home from the war plant, and Mom's just come home from Red Cross. But Willie beats them both home, and his teacher told him that whole grain cereals make a swell luncheon dish nowadays, 
And here he comes bearing those grand-tasting, nourishing grape nuts flakes. Act three, one more day, supper time for our dear little Willie. And Mom's there with those crisp, tempting, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. They're just as delicious, they're just as nutritious at breakfast, at lunch, or at supper. played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the state of Maryland, the home of thoroughbred racehorses, we bring you that old gray mare, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny whinnying. And Don... Speaking of horses, I wouldn't be surprised if all track records were broken this year. Race horses will run faster than ever before. How do you know? They've got to. It's either that or the meat market. Well, <laughs> imagine, imagine, imagine losing two dollars on a nag and a week later paying twenty-four cents a pound for them. Ah, <laughs> oh, that doesn't seem right. No, it doesn't. Tell me, Jack, is this your first visit to Maryland? Oh, no, no, no. I've been here several times, Don. In fact, uh, I got this scar on my chin when I was working at the Oasis Club in Baltimore. Sorry, <laughs> oh, yeah. that, uh, that was years ago. Oh, a guy in the audience threw something at you, huh? No, no. You see, Don, I was going with a girl in the show called Charmaine the Snake Charmer. <laughs> and she didn't tell me her rattler was teething. <laughs> I don't know what became of Char Charmaine, but W.C. Fields tells me he often sees the snake around. <laughs> anyway, Don, it sure is nice broadcasting for the boys here at Fort Meade, isn't it? Yes, Jack. You know, this is not only a tremendous reception center, but it's also one of the Army's largest baking and cooking schools. Yum, yum. Uh -huh. baking, uh, baking and cooking, huh? Yes, I went all through it this afternoon. Well, I knew it looks good. <laughs> I tell you, Don, if you're not careful, you're going to find... Come in. <laughs> Mr. Benny? Yes? On behalf of the boys in the baking and cooking school at Fort Meade, I'd like to present you with this lovely upside-down cake. My goodness, do you make upside-down cakes in the Army? No, I stumbled on the way over here. <laughs> I appreciate it anyway. It's a wonderful cake. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. What's going on? Well, Mary, the boys at the baking and cooking school here just sent me this upside-down cake. Doesn't it look delicious? Yeah. Those guys are going to make wonderful wives after the war. Well, cooking is a darn good trade. You ought to go through this school here, Mary. I did this morning, and you know, Jack, they certainly do things in a big way. Well, naturally, they have to cook in tremendous quantities. You said it. I saw a kettle of soup so big, they had a lighthouse in the middle of it. <laughs> that, that I don't believe. Uh, would you believe they stirred it with a speedboat? <laughs> no, nothing. 
You just saw a great big kettle of soup. What kind of soup was it, Mary? A uh, cream of elephant. Now cut that out! <laughs> but you know, one thing down the food here, really, they have marvelous seafood here in Maryland, especially oysters. See, I had eight dozen oysters for lunch. Eight dozen oysters? Oh, you must be awfully fond of them. It's not that. He promised some dame a pearl necklace. <laughs> What else can I get a girl gives me so much nourishment? I'll get that necklace, too. Say, Mr. Benny, I was out in the hall just now, and I saw... Oh, a... oh hello, Dennis. Hello. <laughs> ah. Say, Mr. Benny, I was out in the hall just now, Where, and I... uh, where you been all day, kid? I was, I was looking for you. I went over to visit the Wax at their headquarters. Oh, they... <laughs> The, uh, the wax, eh? Gosh, I never thought I'd see the day when I'd be holding a second lieutenant on my lap. I'm dating a sergeant myself. She's a fifth. Say, Mr. Benny, I was out in the hall just now, and I saw a guy wear wearing two suits of clothes that were exactly alike. Oh, those are the McFarland twins, Art and George. Uh, we have their orchestra tonight. Well, I'd like to meet him. He seems to be a nice fellow. You'd like to meet them? Twins are two people. Well, they sure look alike. If it wasn't for that glint in George's eye, I couldn't tell them apart. My, it's a romantic program tonight. Hey, fellas, come on out here and take a bow. The McFarland Twins. <laughs> Gosh, I can't tell these guys apart myself. Uh, well, fellas, I'm glad to have you on the program. How do you feel? To tell the truth, Mr. Benny, we're a little nervous. A little nervous, eh? Yeah, we, we didn't sleep a wink last night. Hmm, say, I like to get things straightened out here. Which one of you is Art and which is George? I'm Art and he's George. <laughs> well, look, uh, one, one of you will have to take that alone. Now, uh, now, now, which is which? I'm Art and he's George. I'm George and he's Art. I'm Mary and you're Jack. I know, I know. <laughs> Now, now, fellas, it's about time for your band number, but first, I think our audience would like to know a few facts about you. Now, where, uh, where were you boys born? Detroit, Michigan. Uh-huh. The, uh... Well, we got some boys here from Detroit. Whereabouts in Detroit were you born? To tell the truth, Mr. Benny, I was born in a taxi cab. Well, I made the hospital. Oh, then, uh, then, uh, Art is really a few minutes older than you, eh, George? Yeah, I ask his advice about everything. <laughs> uh, very good, George. I'm Art. No, I'm Art. Oh, I thought, I thought he was George. No, I'm George. What? I can't stand this. I'm gonna blow my brains out. <laughs> Dennis, put down that atomizer. Well, now that we're acquainted, uh, fellas, uh, what do you say we have a nice hot band number? Just a minute, Mr. Benny. We haven't discussed our salary with you. Salary? Go ahead and play, fellas. Say, hey, we're not... Say, <laughs> hey, we're not playing till we straighten this out. When do we get paid? Well, it's, it's very simple. Sure. Every Monday, Jack invites us up to his hotel for roast turkey. Never mind. And we have to hunt for our money in the dressing. <laughs> I do that just one week for a gag. I got 15 cents in a giblet. All right, let's have your number, fellas. We'll talk about money later. Come on, boys. Let's have it.
That was uh, for me and my gal, played by the McFarland Twins and their orchestra. Ladies and gentlemen, before we go any further, I'd like to give you a brief description of these two boys. Now, let's see. They have brown hair, brown eyes, two heads, four arms, and twin beds. They also have one salary. And now, folks... Hey, hey wait, wait a minute. minute. What, what do you mean, mean one salary? Uh, we'll talk about that later. And now, folks, uh, sit down, fellas. Sit down. Yeah, sit down before he knocks you down. Dennis. What, what was that crack, Benny? He said it, not me. Please, sit down. And now, folks... Gee, I, I'd be a fool to start a fight with two fellas. <laughs> oh, really, I would have. You'd be a fool to start a fight with two girls. <laughs> you stay out of this. And now, folks, for our feature attraction this evening... I think one girl could take you. What are you guys laughing at out there? Anyway, I'm ignoring that. Now, for our feature attraction this evening, and inasmuch as we are broadcasting only 20 miles from Washington, D.C., we are going to present a modernized version of one of Hollywood's greatest motion pictures, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. That is, we are going to show you what would happen if a young senator were to arrive in Washington today. In the first place, he'd never get a room. Quiet, that's our plot. I mean it. I'm staying at the Shoreham Hotel in Washington, and I had to take the bridal suite. The bridal suite? What's wrong with that? No groom. Oh, oh. Anyway, um... Anyway, Washington is crowded. So is Baltimore, where Dennis and I are staying. I've got lovely accommodations at the Belvedere, Mr. Benny, but the view isn't so hot. Oh, what floor are you on, Dennis? All of them. I've got a cot in the elevator. <laughs> the elevator? My goodness. Anyway, folks, in our drama... I have my ups and downs, believe me. All right, I'm up and down. In our drama... Who <laughs> comes in with those things there? In our, in our drama, I will play the part of the young senator from Illinois. Mary will be my secretary, and Don, you're going to be the senator from your home state, Colorado. Well, thanks, Jack. That's very nice of you. Uh, don't mention it. Do you think you can play the part of a senator, Don? Jack, I can just see myself in the Senate chamber now. Mr. President, may I have the floor? Hmm. Fellow senators, I come from the wild and woolly west where men are men and they gotta have their grape nuts flakes for breakfast. What? And I make a motion that an amendment be added to the Constitution. To the Constitution? That toasty brown sweeters and a grape nuts flakes be served in every American home. I thank you. Very good, very good, Don. The part is yours. Now, Dennis... And as it says in the Bill of Rights... What is this? It is the heritage of every American to have iron, niacin, and vitamin B1. I thank you again. Very good, Senator. Sit down. Now, Dennis... And furthermore... Cut it out! Sit down, fat boy. <laughs> I steal everybody's stuff. I don't care. Or I'll tap you gently with this gavel. Now, Dennis... Uh, Dennis, uh, you've got a swell part in our sketch. You're going to play my father. Your father? Yes. I'll probably get slugged for this, so I won't say it. That's right. Now, let's see if you can play the part of my dad. Okay. Now, sit down here, Sonny, and I'll tell you the facts of life. <laughs> the the uh, facts of life? Good. Go ahead. Now I'm stuck. <laughs> 
Never mind, you'll do. Anyway, folks, our play will go on immediately after a song by my father, Dennis Day. Go ahead, kids. <laughs> your picture goodnight sung by Dennis Day. Very good, Dennis. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Mr. Benny, there's something I meant to tell you. Did you hear the plug that Fred Allen gave you on the air last Sunday? Fred Allen gave me a plug? Yeah, I heard it, too. A plug? Well, what did he say? Well, Fred said a policeman stopped some people driving down Broadway last Sunday and said, hey, don't you know you're not supposed to drive around in your car anymore? Where are you going? Uh-huh. So the driver said, we're going over to see the Jack Benny program. Yeah. And the cop said, well, as long as it's not for pleasure, go ahead. <laughs> so that's the plug Alan gave me? Listen, Dennis, what do you mean, plug? That's an insult. Oh. 
And now, and now, ladies and gentlemen... Well, I still think it's nice that we're the only program people can drive to. <laughs> oh, quiet. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, that kid's half Pollyanna and half stupid. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, well, it's about time you were getting here. Hello, boss, did you send for me? Yes, Rochester, I want you to play a part in our sketch tonight. You're going to be a Pullman Porter. A Pullman Porter? Don't act so surprised. <laughs> what, what did you do before you worked for me? I was president of a bank. <laughs> now, wait a minute. What bank were you the president of? The Harlem, put in your money and we'll roll you double and nothing for the interest. <laughs> Trust company. <laughs> what? Incorporated, limited, and bounce them against the wall. I see. Well, tonight, you're going to be a porter on the express train that runs between Chicago and Washington. Can't you make that a local? I got a gal in Pittsburgh. Sorry, Rochester, this will have to be an express. Okay, let's go. I tried, honey. <laughs> and now, folks, for our political drama, Mr. Benny Goes to Washington. Take it, Don Wilson. The opening scene is the railroad station at Waukegan, Illinois. Jackson Benny, a local boy, has been elected to the United States Senate. And the whole town, including his father, Zeke Benny, has gathered at the depot to see him off. Listen to George Pritchard and his Waukegan Firehouse Band. Hey, isn't, isn't that thrilling, Dad? Those cheers are all for me I'm mighty proud of you, son Wipe your nose <laughs> Thank you Thank you, folks. Thank you. I sure appreciate your coming down to the station. And the first thing I intend to do as senator is to carry out my campaign promise to definitely. And after that bill has been passed, I will positively. And in closing, I would like to repeat my campaign slogan. Vote for Benny and get him out of town. That's all, folks. I thank you. Now, uh, where's my secretary? Here I am. Wipe your nose. <laughs> Thank you. Are my trunks on the train, Miss Livingston? Yes, but you ought to be wearing them. You'll freeze. I mean my baggage. Well, that's my train, I guess. Goodbye, everybody. So long, Dad. Wait a minute, son. I hear there's a lot of gals in Washington. I'm going with you. You can't go, Dad. You haven't got your toothbrush. I haven't got my teeth, either. Let's go. <laughs> Okay, come on. All aboard! Train leaving on track one for Chicago. South Bend, North Bend, East Bend, West Bend, and I've been fine. How have you been? Oh! That guy's been out on a bender. <laughs> That's corny. Come on, Dad. Come on, Miss Livingston. We're off to Washington. Hey! Hey! 
hours later, and our young senator is well on his way to the nation's capital. Just think, tomorrow morning I'll be in Washington. Washington, D.C. I've always wondered, son, what does the D.C. stand for? Yes, sir. Well, a senator's got a lot of them... <laughs> a lot of important things to do. Might as well get started. Take a letter, Miss Livingston. I didn't bring my notebook and pencil. Oh, fine. You've been my secretary for eight years, and you haven't taken down one word. Well, you haven't said anything. Is that so? Just for that, sister, you can get off my lap. Then your father better get off mine. <laughs> well, the train's crowded. Now, where's my briefcase? Say, Porter. Yes, Senator? Have you seen my briefcase? I want to get my cough medicine out of it. Was well, that still cough medicine? <laughs> Yes. My, my. Oh, so you thought it was something else. Well, it says right on the bottle, take two, two uh, tablespoons. <laughs> take two tablespoons before retiring. Well, I'm going to bed. I don't know what about you. <laughs> we both need rehearsing there. Wh what? <laughs> Good night, Santa. Oh, well, I can get some more medicine in Washington tomorrow morning. Uh, before we get there, will you please take off those spats that say vote for Benny on them? Oh, yes, I wore those to get the midget vote. <laughs> I think I'll rehearse my speech for the Senate. Fellow senators, I am here today to plead for the Waukegan bill. A bill that will provide for... Hooray! The following morning, and we find our young hero about to enter the lobby of a prominent Washington hotel. Gee, things are crowded here. I hope we can get room. Well, let's try this hotel. Okay. <laughs> well, they're full. I can see that. <laughs> Four hours later. Pardon me, sir. Have you got any vacant rooms in this hotel? No, and wiper your nose up. <laughs> Thank you. Three days later. This looks like a new place. Pardon me. Can we get rooms here for tonight? We have no rooms. We have no suite. We haven't even got a seat. But that's the way it always goes. I'm sorry, sir, and wipe your nose. <laughs> Thank you. Later. Pardon me, do you have rooms here? I don't know. Hey, Eddie, have we got rooms here? I don't know. Hey, Bill, have we got rooms here? I don't know. Hey, Sam! Never mind, I'll try someplace else. One month later, and our weary group is still on the march. Walking, walking, walking. I'll never get to the Senate. Look, Senator, there's a nice hotel, and it doesn't seem crowded. Where? Right ahead of us. See that sign? Hotel Vacancy. That's vacancy. <laughs> it means they got rooms. Let's go in. Ah, at last we found a place. I'll speak to the clerk. Pardon me, sir. I wonder if you have any... Hello, stranger. Welcome. <laughs> We saw your sign out front, vacancy. What can you do for us? Well, Senator, for 25 cents, you can hang all night in the coat room. Ah? Uh -huh. And for 50 cents, you can sleep on the jukebox. Jukebox? Right in the furious face, five cents extra. <laughs> yes? 
And for a dollar, you can ride the revolving door and sleep like a top. Well, I'm willing to spend money. What do you got for $10? For $10, I'll sell you this brick. A brick? What am I going to do with that? You can break my window and sleep in jail. Okay, give it to me. Come on, Dad. Come on, Miss Livingston. We're off to the clink. When I was a baby, I was such a little baby. No fully. They used to call me Little Boy Wilson. No one ever thought I'd grow and I'd grow until, uh, well, you see how it is. And what happened to me happened to crisp, toasty brown grape nuts flakes. They're fast growing, too. In fact, grape nuts flakes are the fastest growing ready to eat cereal in America today. And there must be a reason. Well, there's a reason, all right. Two of them. First, it's that distinctive flavor. The flavor you all love in grape nuts, presented in tempting flake form. And it's that nourishing goodness. For grape nuts flakes bring you the important whole grain food values you find in natural whole wheat, including iron and two of the valuable B vitamins recommended for everyone by our national nutrition program. So ask your grocer for luscious grape nuts flakes in the big economy package. number of the 17th program of the new Grape Nuts Flake series. And we'll be with you again next Sunday night broadcasting from the Marine Base at Quantico, Virginia. Tomorrow night we'll be seeing you boys at the U.S. Naval Station at Bainbridge, Maryland, with the whole gang, including Danny Kaye, the star of Let's Face It. Also hope to be in Washington for the President's Ball. Good night, Johnny. program is written by Bill Marr and Ed Beloy. This program is for the entertainment of personnel at Fort Meade, Maryland, and does not necessarily constitute an endorsement of the product by the War Department.